اگه نمیکشید می نخورد دیگه ما میتیم شود اگه نخورد دیگه ما میتیم شوخ نه فرق داشته میشه با عقده ما او بیفکت دیگه بنو عقده است دیگه سر دارم نخنم میکنم خخ ما قبلو نخ میفگه نه نخ نخ ما نخ میکنم من زخو تام تگن علنو به الکلی تخلمن بذات هشم we left off at section four of Torah sixty بعثا خبیشیمون we are at the word ushlemut ayira ushlemut ayira he bifkinat shalosh kavim so what did we discuss earlier? We discussed that through Yir'ah, through fear of Hashem, one merits length of days. Then within that length of days is drawn this wealth, and through that wealth one can come to understand the Torah. But how does one perfect his fear? Now Rabbi is going to teach us this. The perfection of fear comes through three different lines. The first line. is The first of fearing heaven, fearing God. The second, Umorah Rabach, fearing um, his Rav, his teacher. Umorah Avaim, and the third one being fear of parents, the father and the mother. The source of Yirat Shamayim is in Pirkei Avot, chapter 4. The fear of one's teacher, his Rav, is over, also over there in Pirkei Avot. And uh, the fear of one's father and mother is in the Torah. And also look at... Uh, and when there is a wise person in the generation that merits proper students and um, proper children then fear is in its perfection why for the fear of the tzaddik the fear that tzaddik has for Hashem sorry the fear that the chacham and the chacham of the generation has for Hashem is in the aspect of fear of heaven. This is when fear of heaven is perfected. And we said there's two other ones, fear of the teacher and fear of the father and the mother. The Talmidim, to be considered proper Talmidim, they have to have fear of their teacher. This is the fear of the teacher that is brought in Pirkei Avot. And the sons of this tzaddik, of this chacham, of the generation, has fear for him. Which is fear of the father and the mother. That through these three types of fear, fear is in its perfection. And the aspect of fear that exists within each of these three must itself be comprised of all three. Meaning within the fear of the rabbi, you have to have the fear of heaven. Um, sorry, meaning within the fear of the rav, which is the fear of heaven. Um, has to be encompassed within it all three types of intellect. So we're going to see what this means. Chokhmah binadat, these three intellects are Chabad. Chokhmah binadat, Yikari Yatosh al-Rav, who alayday, Bananut Kedulat Abayid Barshamo. For the main fear of the Rav comes through the contemplation of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shechokher v'doresh b'sichro, that he examines and he analyzes with his intellect. So we see what? That the fear that the Rav possesses of God comes through his intellect, his mind, that is constantly analyzing and um, examining with his sechel, we find that his fear that he has of Hashem is through the intellect. We see that the fear that this Rav has um, of God 
um, is filled with these three types of mentalities. With his wisdom, his understanding, and his knowledge. All of these three have to be filled with the fear of heaven. And the fear of the student, meaning meaning the fear of um, the teacher, meaning when the student has fear, it's the fear of his teacher. Which is through the the studies that he receives, the, the, the teachings that he receives from his Rav. It needs to be drawn to all divisions of his study. Which it also is divided into three lines. Why, why, are the, why is the study that the student has divided into three? So we see the teacher who has fear of heaven has to be in comprised of three. What are the three? Chokhmah binadat. That through his chokhmah, his binan, his dat, he's able to come to a fear of God. So that's the first one. Moha of Shamaim, the fear of heaven. The fear of the student that we see is the fear that one, that the student has for his teacher, his rav. And the student has to put this fear within all divisions of his study. What's the study? The study is divided into three lines. We see that this, the, the studies that this um student has, thanks to his teacher, is what is the aspect of we know that Torah is a threefold teaching. So we see the concept of three. And the fear of the son, which is what we're talking about here, the fear of father of one's father and his mother. One needs to draw down in the aspect of inheritance of the forefathers. Meaning what? A house and riches is the, in, is the inheritance of one's forefathers. Meaning one needs to spread that fear over all his divisions of wealth. Which is what? The inheritance of the forefathers that we're talking about. That we said riches come from the inheritance of the forefathers. What are the forefathers? The three lines. The forefathers are three. Which represent the three lines. The three lines of wealth, which are what? That a person should always divide his wealth into three, his money into three. That he should divide his money into a third into business, a third in the ground, and a third in his hand. And these three divisions that exist within wealth correspond to the three um, times that wealth is mentioned, that wealth is mentioned in the Torah. Because in the entire Torah, wealth is not mentioned except by means of three, except three times. The first time being Etzer Sedom, by Sedom. The city of Sedom, Do not say that I and they shall not say that I that I made Abraham wealthy. Um with regard to Rachel and Leah. Um, all the wealth that God has taken away from me. The, all the wealth that God has taken away, sorry. With regard to Shkalim, the wealthy may not give more. So we see here the aspect of three times of Osher. That's the first one. The second one. The third. 
אצל שקלים, את הגעת השקלים, סורי, כי שליש שבפיכה קמציה הוא כנגד השירות שנזכר אצל סדום. The third with the, that a person should divide his money in business is corresponding to the wealth that is mentioned by סדום. כי בסדום כתיב, because with regard to סדום it says, הנשכחים מני רגל, that are forgotten by the wafer. For why Sodom wanted to completely um, um, nullify business, business dealings, which represent regel, the foot, happy zevulun in his going out. How do you go out with your feet? So we see what? That they wanted to nullify the business dealings, which is the aspect of feet, as we see with zevulun who goes out. And what does that mean that he's doing business? This is why one specifically needs um, to do business. This is the wealth that a person should divide a third of his wealth into and put a third of his wealth back into his business. This represents Dom, the wealth mentioned by Sdom. The third in the ground corresponds to the wealth that is mentioned by Rachel and Because the truth is, we said the essence of wealth is only for this contemplation of the Torah. But without this, wealth should only belong. Other than this, the wealth that one should, a man should want to attain for this contemplation other than this, the wealth should be for the woman and um, those who are small in da'at, like them. As we know in the Gemara, that the woman um, lacks da'at, whereas man is more inclined to da'at. This is what they say. Um, and this is not, uh, God forbid, to even say an insult. Because we know that the inyan of the woman is malchut emunah. It's, the, it's different than da'at. It's something completely different. We know the that the woman at the end of times will be um, something that is more prized than the man because this malchut will be raised to its proper state, as we know. So this is not an insult, in fact, it's, um, it's a compliment. And this that they say, about Rachel and Leah, that they said that all this wealth that God took from our father, um, sorry, that God that God had taken away uh, from our father, it's for us, and for our children. The wealth that God took away from Lavan will be for us and our children. Meaning, that all the wealth is only for us women and people who are low in that like us. But you, and now all that you um that God, and now all that God has told you, do. Danu meaning what? Meaning that you need wealth in order to attain this understanding of the greatness of God. And responding to this is the third within the ground. As we know that the woman is the ground of the world. And the third in a person's hand is corresponding to the wealth that is said with regard to Pashkat Shkadim. That you should give the shekel or the machatita shekel to atone for your souls. That in his hand, in God's hand, is the soul of all living man and the spirit of all um, flesh of man. 
meaning the hand that we're referencing here, God's hand, which possesses the um, the nefesh of each every person. And we know the machatzit the shekel, was um, to atone for the nefesh. So we see here that the nefesh is in the hand. This is the person that the money should. That this is regard, with regard to the money that a person should keep in his hand. Okay, section five galuta So we see that the perfection of fear comes through three, these three lines: fear of heaven, fear of the rabbi, and fear of the father and the mother. And we know within the concept of each of these three has to have three lines as well. Um. Meaning, um, within the Rav, we see these three things of Chokhmah bin Adam. Meaning, sorry, within the fear of, of heaven, we see that the Rav has to have um, Chokhmah bin Adad, these three uh, mentalities, in order to attain that fear of heaven. We see that with the fear of the student, he has to have um, the threefold teaching through which that fear is divided into the Torah, that the Torah that this Rav teaches the student. Um, within that Torah, it's, there's three divisions, and that fear is divided into all three. And within the fear of um, the son, for his father and his mother, we see we see these um, uh, what do you call it? That the fear with regard to the father and the mother is divided into the wealth, which is the inheritance of the forefathers that we saw. The three lines that a man should always divide his money into three ways: uh, third in the business, third in the ground, and the third in his hand. This is a reference to the son who has fear of his father and his mother. Um, etc. as we saw with Mishle Avot. Avot. Okay. So we see the revelation of the sphere teaches us that the revelation of the sphere comes through affecting special providence for barren women. Creating a special opening up this almost this womb of, of um for the barren woman, woman who can't give birth, because through birth is revealed fear. Trembling seeds from there, pangs like a woman giving birth. That trembling fear was held over there, meaning in the woman who gives birth. Meaning when woman gives birth, that fear is present. Because when a person, when a woman, when a woman gives birth, her blood. And all the severities are um, emerge. And what are the blood and severities? This represents fear. And specifically, when um, a woman who's barren is opened up, basically, that the blood and the gvorot were blocked up until then. But when a woman gives birth, and that blood and that gvora um, emerges, the fear is revealed at a greater level. According to the birth, the same is true of the revelation of fear. Because when one um, barren woman has special providence, that fear is revealed. But when many women who are barren have their providence opened up for them, that their fear is even more revealed. That fear is even more revealed at a greater level. This what it Pangs like a woman giving birth. The pangs of childbirth. Meaning, what's khil? Khil means a khayid, this fear. 
meaning according to the yoleda, according to the leda, according to the birthing, the same is true of how much this this fear is brought into revelation. This is why on Rosh Hashanah was specifically the special providence that led to the birth of Yitzchak. Because when, as Baron Gemara Rosh Hashanah Yud Aleph Amud Aleph, that I believe that the angels visited Abraham and Sarah on the day of um, um, Rosh Hashanah to let Sarah know that she would be giving birth. This is the strength of great revelation of fear. For the day of Rosh Hashanah is considered Pachad Yitzchak, the fear of Yitzchak. As we know, uh, as it says in Bereshit, chapter 31 over there, because when Sarah's uh, barrenness was opened up, we see that many women at the time who um, weren't able to give kids were now able to. And this is what um, Sarah said, for I have given birth to a son, Nizkunav. Um, meaning, what did Sarah say? Um, in Abraham's old age, basically, I bore a son to him. Because through the birthing of Yitzchak, which is the revelation of fear, as we said, Yitzchak is pachad Yitzchak, the fear of Yitzchak. So with Yitzchak comes fear. Through this, the length of days is drawn into existence. And with the length of days comes what? The concept of ziknut. And what did we say? If Zaken being old is this concept of length of days, then what is the length of days? Also, fear of heaven. For fear of heaven lengthens, prolongs one's days. So we see with the Yira, um, which is born, um, which is created through the birthing, specifically um, of Yitzchak here in this case that we bring down, that Rabbeinu brings down. Um, with this comes Ben Liz Kunav, this aspect of Zekinut, of Ziknut, uh, this aspect of Avram's old age that he merited this concept of old old age, this concept of Atik, which is where this where this wealth resides. And this um, providence, which is given to barren woman, is created specifically when one wakes up a person from their sleep. For there are people that very sadly they sleep their days away. Their days are in slumber. And even though it might seem to people that these people are serving Hashem and engage in Torah and Tfilah, nonetheless, all their service, Hashem has no, Hashem doesn't have joy from this, doesn't have Nachat. Um, doesn't receive pleasantness from their service because all their service remains below. And their service is not able to be exalted and to ascend above. So we see something huge here that even though people might be praying and even might be studying Torah, Rabbeinu says their service is in the aspect of slumber that Hashem cannot receive nachat from them because their service remains down here. It doesn't even ascend. So we see that even though it might seem to people that these people are, are studying and all this stuff, that they could be in the aspect of sleep, slumber. Rabbeinu is teaching us something huge here, that on the surface level, it might seem one way when it really isn't. Rabbeinu teaches us 
the essence of life force and vitality comes from the mind. We've seen in many different uh, lessons, specifically lesson one also, that wisdom brings life to its possessor. What is wisdom? This sechel brings life. We see that sechel is the essence of life force. And when a person services with his mind, the holiness of his mind, that life force is placed within that service about Hashem that he's doing, so that that service can ascend. But when a person falls into constricted consciousness, which is the aspect of sleep, one is not able to bring that service up. And there are some that have fallen to the aspect of slumber through their evil lusts and, the, and evil actions. Through their desires and evil actions. And there are some who, um, um, what do you call it? And there are some people who are actually upright people and beautiful people. It's just that they have fallen into slumber. Through what eating? Now Rabbeinu is going to get into the concept of food. Because sometimes, because what happens? When sometimes when a person eats a food that hasn't been purified into, the, into a food that is fitting for a man, a human, through this his mind, his mentality falls into an aspect of sleep. This we see in the story of the lost princess. Look over there, how the viceroy falls into sleep through eating from the tree on the last day. That he falls into slumber. Why? Because the food was not fitting for man, as we see here in this lesson. That just like in Gashmiut and physicality, there are certain types of food that actually bring a person the desire to sleep. And there are some food that actually minimize a person's desire to sleep. The same is true spiritually. There are foods that haven't been refined spiritually yet. That make a person fall into the aspect of a spiritual slumber. But when a person eats in holiness and purity, then his eating is in the aspect of the showbread, which was in the Beit Panim. For the sechad, the intellect is the the panim, the face that we're talking about. The the lechem, the bread, the food is in the aspect of the face. So too, the sechel is as well. That the wisdom of a man brings light to his face. So we see that wisdom sechel is the aspect of a person's face. But when a person doesn't eat in holiness, as then he loses his face. His face falls. Hanwa sechel, very scary idea. Meaning his mind falls from him. And he falls into the aspect of sleep. For the essence of food is to bring life to the heart. He ate and he drank. And his heart was good. As the Chachamim say. And the Midrash. Bread satiates the heart. And when the bread isn't, when the food isn't purified, and one doesn't eat it in holiness, then he brings evil to the heart. And through that evil of the heart, the face is damaged. Why is your face evil? Why is your face um, bad? Why is the face that you harbor evil? Um, this is only because of the evil in your heart. As we see here that the face falling down 
is because of the heart has the heart has been um, plagued with this um, this roi, this evil. The same is true of the opposite. Seeking the countenance, meaning that one return and seeks out his face again. Is dependent upon the rectification of the heart. That says, In your behalf, my heart says, Seek my face. Meaning what? That the heart is constantly seeking out the face. Because the face returning to its proper state is dependent upon the heart. This is why sometimes through food that isn't purified, that through that food that isn't purified, the heart is damaged. One loses his face and falls into the aspect of sleep. One must wake up this person from his slumber. But a person cannot wake up from this slumber. Unless he wakes up from it himself, you cannot do the work for him, Rabbi Hussein. This person who falls, his face has fallen through the fall, the aspect of his um, of falling into the uh, damage in food, or, as we said above, um, through the 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 sleep that a person falls in, um, through his tavot or his bad actions, the person can only wake up from his own will. He has to wake up himself. teaches us the concept from the Zohar. A person needs an awakening from below first. God can't do the thing for him. You cannot do the work for the person. The person needs it from himself. Which means what? That the person, he needs to move a little bit on his own. He cannot be directly woken up from sleep from someone else. He, God cannot do it for him. He, someone else cannot do it for him. He needs to move a little bit. He needs to stir himself up a little bit. It's just that if he stirs himself up a little bit and no one else were to wake him up, meaning to, to finally do the last effort and to, to push this person and to wake him up, he would, have to, he would be sleeping much longer. So we need someone there to do the awakening, but it starts with the man himself. When, you, the man, when a person goes to sleep and he... For example, we see when he's about to wake up, he starts moving his body a little bit from side to side. At that moment, the person needs to come in and to awaken him. It's just if sometimes, if a person just stirs himself up without the help of someone else, he would sleep and go on sleeping longer. This is why immediately after, when this man stirs himself up, we have to do the work. Meaning what? To show him his face and to enclose him um, in the countenance that left him while he slept. To show him the face that he had before he fell into the sleep and to um, to disguise this countenance that left him while he was sleeping. This is the awakening of sleep that occurs. That starts with the man and that is um, that we can do to awaken him. That we can enclose him his own face, show him his own face um, while he's stirring himself up. And that causes the arousal, the awakening. And when we want to show this man his own face and to wake him up from his sleep, we need to enclose the face for him within the Sipurim Asiyot. Why? Because we said the face has fallen. So you need to show him his fallen face. 
You need to show him his face before it fell. And how do you do that? You need to do it in Sipurim Asiyot, in stories, in um, in the telling of tales. For there are 70 facets to the Torah. These 70 facets represent 70 years. For each facet is different than the next. One must enclose the facets specifically. How do you why do we need to enclose these facets of the Torah? For three reasons. Just like when we're healing someone who's blind, you have to keep him shut that he doesn't see the light immediately. You can't just bring him into a room full of light because it's, it's too blinding. You need to constrict the light little by little in order that what he sees immediately shouldn't damage him. Just like the, the, the truth is for this person who is in darkness, who is in a great slumber for a long time. When a person wants to show this man who's sleeping his own face and to wake him up, you need to show him that face that he once had before that slumber and disguise that face within this telling of stories. In order that the light from his face doesn't damage him. As we said, that we know that the, the face is light, as it says, um, that the face has light from the chokhmah that a person once had. This is the aspect of what it says in Tehilim. I will behold your countenance, I will behold your face, with righteousness. What is righteousness? This is the aspect of garments. In clothing something, disguising something. It says in Eov, I um, wore tzedek, I wore righteousness. I was clothed in righteousness. So we see that tzedek is this concept of enclothing. Azai, and what did it say in the verse? It's When I awaken to your image, I will be satiated. It says, I will be satiated with your image when I wake up. Meaning what? Because afterwards, he's able to see once he's awake. Meaning when we wake him up and we stir him up from his sleep, that light that he now sees won't be damaging to him. Why? Because he was awakened in, slow, in a slow manner. Second reason is why. You need to enclose that face, disguise that face, so that the evil forces don't grab onto that face. Or grab onto him, sorry. Grab onto the man. Um, and the third reason, for the evil forces that are already attached to this man who's sleeping right now, so that they don't send this man off to go away before he encounters his awakening, which is his old face. This is why you need to disguise his face so that it changes, so that his face is changed. So that what? That these evil forces don't recognize it. You alter his face and send him off. We need to do this altering of the face. Um, 
so that the chitonim that are attached to this man who's sleeping don't recognize his face. There's many different aspects to this, meaning to enclose the face. Sometimes we enclose the face within the telling of a story. And there are times where it's impossible to awake this man up through his own countenance. You need to show him a very lofty countenance. Sometimes we enclose it also in the words of Torah. Sometimes we include this man's face um, in the telling of a great lesson. And it's impossible to say this as it is, the Torah as it is. And we include it within a Torah that's lower and lesser. And this is what it's in Chabakuk. Hashem, renew your work of recent times. What does renew? What does Rashi say? Rouse, rouse those work of your work of recent times. Awaken. Your work. What is Paolecha? The Sipure Masiot. The telling of those stories. What is Kerev Shanim in recent times? These are the stories of the seventy facets. Which represent the 70 years that we said, the 70 facets of the Torah corresponding to 70 years. Meaning that we awaken this man through the telling of stories which are recent times. Meaning the telling of um, the stories of the 70 facets of the Torah. But there is a man who has fallen below the 70 facets of the Torah, the 70 uh, faces. Until literally it's impossible to awaken him with any sort of facet of the Torah. Which is what we are familiar with. You can only awaken him through the telling of stories from ancient times. Not recent years, ancient times. That all the 70 years, all the 70 facets of the Torah received their, their life force from this place of ancient times. This represents what we talked about at the beginning of the Torah. Atik. The Atik Yomin, the ancient days, the God of ancient days. God of Hashem, who's of ancient days. Who represents the concept of being elderly. This is the distinguished face. The facet which is distinguished. That all the 70 facets of the Torah receive their life force and their distinction from this place of Hadrat Panim, this place of Atik Yomin. This is the aspect of what is said in the 13 Midot HaKhamim. Rav Chesed, abundant in kindness. Because we know in the Gemara that one who teaches his student one halacha does a great kindness for him. Anyone who prevents his student from serving him is as if he prevents from him a kindness. This serving of the Talmidei Chachamim, this serving of the wise man, of the wise men, is the same aspect as the, as the halakha that the Talmid receives from the Rav. Meaning, do not prevent your Talmid from receiving halakhot. We find that when the Rav studies with his Talmid, teaches his student, this is the chesed. This is why when a man awakens 
with any sort of facet of the 70 facets of Torah, that one encloses in the story, in the aspect of what we said, Hashem, your, renew your works of recent years, the Sipur Masio that we talked about of recent years. This is an ordinary chesed. But when a man is awakened through ancient uh, uh, story tales of ancient times, this is the aspect of Rav Chesed, abundant Chesed. For all the facets of the Torah and all the kindnesses that exist are received from this place, from Atik. This is where we're going to stop here. And um, maybe we're going to continue from section 7 uh, next class.